Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Grace Society podcast, where theology meets practicality. I'm Jay Segundo. And I'm Justin. And we want to thank you guys for the past couple of um, weeks where you guys have been with us and hanging with us and listening to the episodes. Um, This week's episode is very special because for the first time on Grace Society podcast, we have a special guest. Yeah, Uh, We have Pastor Pablo, if he can introduce himself. Well, what's up? I'm Pastor Pablo. I am campus pastor at Hope Community in Orange County. Married, father of two, and just trying to follow Jesus. Man. Man. Yeah. So today we're going to go ahead and talk about evangelism in the 21st century and pros, cons, all the in-betweens that we find um, within the 21st century evangelism. So what would be a good start for us to talk about? What do y'all think? I think I think addressing first, because we all come from a different background, Mm -hmm. right? And so maybe addressing... Most of the ways we've been taught to do evangelism and how that contrasts to what our topic is today, the 21st century or a post-pandemic type of evangelism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important for me um, and maybe to set just some ground things of the way I think is is this permission for a both and, right? Yeah. And um, theology is a very... You know, as individuals, we have a sense of the... The moment you read or open the Bible... Uh, you've become a theologian, right? right. And so you're going to interpret things however you want them to. Um, And I think there's such a grace that it's both. And as we grow in Christ, we find out new things as times, like post-pandemic times. I think we start to see new realities that maybe weren't seen before. And so I think it's, we have to have these conversations about what reaching people and, and, and evangelism looks like today. Right. Yeah. Because I, I, like you're saying, I think that so many times um, we've been taught um, either first throw away theology, you know, mm-hmm. like back out from there. It's not a good place. And so I mean, like you said, even when we open it and we begin to do theology or or form theological thoughts in our heads without even really realizing it. But I think that one of the reasons that um, this topic is important is because we want to be effective in what we do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so many times. Um, we've been taught the way to do evangelism is almost to either throw the Bible, put the Bible down their throat, or mm. just to give a piece of paper and say, "Hey, you want read the, read the paper and tell me if you want to pray with me." Type stuff, you know. Right. I think I think as you said that I think what comes to mind is um, a lot of evangelism. Um, not that I've experienced, but I've I've seen others experience, or others have told me about their experience of someone right. trying to evangelize was really kind of aggressive and not so much that they were trying to hurt them or turn them off to theology or God, but it it had that kind of effect. How, how could we, is there a way of, I guess not fixing that because it's not our job to fix, but what would be the counter to that? I guess. Yeah. I, I think the reality is that, you know, obviously the three of us believe in Jesus and we follow Jesus and we're trying to figure this out. And I think there's a reality that, you know, that God's desire is for people to know him Mm -hmm. and for all peoples, all nations, all tribes. And I I think that, I mean, if you guys grew up anything like me, Mm -hmm. um, there was a very intentional, like, 
for the next three hours, we're going to go house to house and we're going right, to go, right. you know, preach brimstone and fire and, um, <laughs> and people right. are going to come to Christ. And, you know, I mean, I guess it works for some people, Correct. but I think that there's a larger scale too of, of realities that are happening today. And I think part of it is, you know, the Bible says do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal mm. of your mind. And I think that the moment that I become a follower of Jesus who knows it all, who's been through it all and who's experienced it all. Um, I think I run the danger of doing things that I've I'm comfortable with mm-hmm. and not learning what new things God might have for me. Mm-hmm. And so I've almost like gone to my belief system as the way of people need this evangelism because this is the way it is right, right, rather right. than Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today? Right. And what do I need to change? Because I don't want to become mm. uh, so indoctrinated by the, by the patterns of my world. Right. And I think that when a Paul says by, by the patterns of this world, it's not just like the world around us, but it's my world yeah. that I'm, I'm living in too. Yeah. You know, so many times, um, like you said, uh, that, that pattern of our world, but we were taught go, go push, push, push. And my question would be this. In that type of evangelism where it's like very pushy and go and and those three hours dedicated to reach everyone, um, is there a room, do you believe, or in that space of doing evangelism like that, where do we really put the sovereignty of God in it? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think... It's it's uh, there's a lot of culture behind that. Yeah. There's a lot of things behind that. Obviously, you know, my parents probably thought it was the right thing to do, right. and they did it. And I think a lot of that stems from understanding if is this just doctrine or is this God really right. telling me to do this? Like, is this the Holy Spirit telling me to do this, or is this doctrine? One of the things I like to do, and the way I raise my kids too, is that, you know, in the Bible. Um, you were seen as like Juju, you you were Justin. Yeah. You weren't seen as your spiritual life and your physical life. You were seen as Justin. And right. so who you were physically would tell people who you were in your spirit, right? Mm. And I think that um, at times Christianity and even doctrine can dangerously make you compartmentalize mm. your life. Yeah. And so I, I've, I've always been of the philosophy of I will never do something right. that... I wouldn't want be done to me. Mm. And I would never do something that's out of line with the character that God's given me in my life. Mm. And so for me, that's been the approach to even what I see today in our society of evangelism and what that looks like a very, I would say a relational approach to things. And I think that the moment that evangelism or reaching people becomes a compartmentalized thing. Right. Like if you are not preaching brimstone and fire inside your home, right. or if you're not at a coffee shop preaching brimstone and fire <laughs> on your <laughs> off time, um, then maybe you shouldn't be doing that in the first place. Right. And, That's good. And, yeah. and th- this is just the way I, 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 I think or feel. Yeah. And, and one of the things growing up for me that was a, I guess like an issue, my, my, my personal, um, thing was that I would see it was kind of culture to like we're going after church and we're gonna go hit like the park and the streets and just knock right and and just like tell everybody about Jesus for me it was like that's awesome yeah but like I I my personal way of doing it I wouldn't I wouldn't do it that way but then I felt like I was in the wrong so then I felt like maybe I didn't love people as much as they did maybe I didn't want to see people right. as as saved as they did. Mm-hmm. 
but it, it did. It just like I just felt like there was a different formula. And as Petey was saying, like I, I, I felt like there was a way of doing it that was um, just more my style. Yeah. And and not my style because of like a doctrine I created for myself, right. but a, a style of like my personality, the way I do things, the way I, I like to be personable with people. I felt like that was um, the the evangelical the the evangelical approach or evangelism approach that that I wanted to to take really. But right. I just how would you uh, what would you say to people that that felt that have felt like that um, in their life of like not really sure of how to approach evangelism because they've seen it done one way for so long that you know they don't really have a kind of quote unquote their style to do so yeah i think even the term evangelism for some it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um i think a lot of doctrine or a lot of you know the ways we grew up a lot of it had to do with the verse you know where there's a group of people uh, Pentecost and they're about to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then right after it says, you know, go to the ends of the world, go yeah. make disciples of yeah. all nations. And there was this go moment. And I think it's, it's very important for us to go back to that time to really understand what really happened and, and mm-hmm. what, what events took place. So they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And right after Peter preaches a message right. and, you know, 3000 people, I think gave their lives to Jesus that right. day. Uh, the the issue that happened, um, and 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 I think that this is why we've grown up in a lot of ways like this, is that right after they kept meeting to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they never went to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. Mm. They stayed. They right. stayed home. Right. Mm. And so um, in Acts, I think Acts eight, um, Stephen, um, you guys have probably read it, goes right. out to the park and he starts preaching the gospel. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys remember what happens. He, he, he gets end, stoned yeah. right. um, because he did what God had asked, what mm. Jesus had asked. Wow. And that was so counterculture because people were getting baptized and they were growing, but they weren't going anywhere. Mm. So then Stephen goes out to the marketplace pretty much. He goes mm. out, preaches the gospel, gets stoned. And right after there's a persecution of the church. Mm. And because of persecution, people started going to Samaria, Judea, and the ends of the world. Yeah. And it wasn't just, it wasn't necessarily obedience. It was persecution. Mm. And that's why we have the gospel where we have it. So I, I think sometimes that doctrine of like persecution and like it needs to happen now, yeah. it, it's very applied into um, some churches and some doctrines uh because there is that like oh my gosh we're the persecuted church where i'm like i personally don't understand persecution right. yet right. um and so i don't you know although there is a fire in me or there is a i have the 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 i i want to reach people for jesus yeah it isn't because of persecution i want right. it to be because of obedience yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that has really translated into some doctrine of mm. saying, well, we're persecuted. Let's go reach right. everyone. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you scatter around L.A. and you're like, <laughs> you got your track and, you know, um, and, and maybe. But I think a lot of it stems from that verse, go and make disciples. And so everyone will take that go very different. Right. And I think that's mm. where the both end comes in that like go might be walk for you, but go might be sprint for me. And so a lot of that might really influence the way I discern that or the way I translate that. And so um, 
But I think that the world we're living in today requires a very different approach. Mm. Mm. But so it's safe to say that there isn't one exact way to do evangelism. No. Right. Because like you're saying, there's different, like if you, like Gerardo was saying, I felt uncomfortable the way they were doing it. Mm. And maybe in their, um, the way they understood it, they were doing the right thing. Like you said, our parents and everything. But there's a different understanding that we feel um, the Holy Spirit has brought us to do something different. And we're not um, saying that they're doing it wrong, but at the same time, understanding that there's different ways to be effective. And that's, I think that's the whole point, wanting to be effective in the evangelism, not necessarily doing it out of tradition or religion or something like that. Yeah. Um, What are the, uh, through evangelism, what are, what are some of the, maybe, um, how can I say it? Like the, the, the walls or, or, or just uh, obstacles that happen between that connection of like, Hey, this is my Jesus is my savior. Mm -hmm. And then the reception of that message. What what of those walls you've kind of come across? Yeah, I I think um, for me, one of the things I'm very passionate about is, um, you know, we all have obstacles, right? The Bible says we all fall short of the glory. Mm. And I think so much, uh, sometimes we find ourselves trying to get people to know Jesus. Like, Mm. I I need Justin or I need Gerardo to come to church and I need them to give their life to Jesus. And that's not a bad thing. That's an amazing thing. Um, I think as a believer, that should be our posture for people to experience Jesus. But I think one of the differences is that I need I need to look at a person and look at maybe some boundaries that have prevented them from knowing Jesus in the first place. Mm. And I have to be so yeah. sensitive of walking that out with them. And I think our society in general is so hungry for relationship and yeah. is so hungry to walk out things. Like you look at the media and, and, and it might not be the same thing for other countries or other cultures, but I'm just talking about like our our, our circle here, you know, mm. especially in LA, Orange County, kind of California right. area. Um, you see how many people are coming out, like confessing some of the things they've been going through. Like, yeah. hey, mm. I want to tell people I have anxiety. Hey, I want to tell people I have yeah. this. And I, I, sometimes I begin to wonder where I was at as a f- believer in not walking that out with them mm. to mm. where they needed to go to social media to tell them so that people can reach out to them wow. and wow. give them words of affirmation. Wow. Like for me, I'm like, man, like if I see a friend of mine uh, say something and I'm like, where was I? Like mm-hmm. my, my, my thought process was so much focused on, I can't wait till you know Jesus that I became so blinded by, man, I want to know you and what you're going through and what you're mm-hmm. experiencing because I have a Jesus that when he meets you and when we remove wow. these boundaries, it's going to be the best decision wow. you ever make in your life. Wow. I'm actually, when you were talking about that, I, I took a class called interpersonal communication. And in that, it's speaking on effective ways to communicate with people. And one of the concepts was um, emotional intelligence and being able to understand or be able to um, see what people are feeling and going through and not neglect it, but address it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so I think that's so important because a lot of the time it's like, I don't really want to give you that space to really tell me what's going on. I can just see because I found you in the street and maybe you don't look like the best, like you're having the best situation. So here's what it is rather than understanding and being able to effectively communicate the precious gospel that we hold without having to um, 
without neglecting what they might actually be going through or how Pablo put it, boundaries that might be set there to even understand it. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things I've I've run into too is like I've wanted to to be there and and also like with my life present the gospel. But the thing was is that I don't know what I might be stepping on as far as hurts, as far as um, just past experience with the church or or whatever it, it may have been. And so you know, it, there's that tendency of. I want to. I'm. I'm here to love on you, mm. right? I, I think that's been my approach. Is I'm here to love on you and 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 be with you as a, as a person, as an individual, you know, in, in relation, you know. And, and so I've always kind of like let the dance kind of come to me when it comes to God, yeah. when it comes to those, um, just because of, of 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 that fact of those hurts of those things I don't really want to step on. Um, but at the same time, there are those moments I feel like I'm kind of walking on eggshells with, you know, I'm not trying to be like, you know, uh, um, I'm holding a, a, you're going to hell poster in your yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. And, but I do want them to, to know and experience what I've experienced in my life and, and the way that God has worked in, mm. in, in, in loved on me in, in my personal life. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I don't, I don't even have a question. after. That. Yeah, I, I think, I think it's important to understand that the gospel is good news, right? right? It's good news. And oftentimes it's scary because it should be good news, but sometimes it's tainted by my bad life. Hmm. And, and then I expect someone else's life that maybe is not the best to also experience the good news. Um, but people will not look at Jesus all the time. They'll look at me as Pablo and hmm. say, who is he? Because if his Lord is really Lord, then I'm going to see something different in his life. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think there's grace yeah. in our lives to walk out things. But I think that there's also this vulnerability that I, I become very vulnerable with people about who I am, what I do. Um, and I never have like this um, back pocket interest for somebody or right. this hidden thing like i'm just gonna get ready to baptize you today like hey you want to give your life <laughs> yeah, to jesus yeah, let's yeah. baptize you know like it's not like that mm-hmm. right and i think there's a relational aspect i mean you see it in jesus um one of the things i've been reading recently is like and i really tripped out on is like jesus had 12 disciples right and these were the guys who were gonna really push the gospel forward right one of them betrayed him over money mm-hmm. the other one denied him and they all ran away right yeah like these were the disciples he walked with three for three years. Yeah. And to assume that Jesus didn't know that this was the condition of these men, um, like it would remove the Lordship exactly. from Jesus. He yeah. understood that full fledged, but he understood that it was a relational journey that he was on with these people. Uh-huh. And eventually like when Jesus appeared to them again, um, and obviously Judas didn't work out too well, um, <laughs> but the rest of the disciples, they had an encounter with Jesus right. where they had seen Jesus as friend. Yeah. They had seen G- they had seen Jesus as rabbi. Yeah. Then they saw Jesus as um, this heroic miracle guy. Right. Then they saw Jesus as friend. Then they just saw Jesus dead. Yeah. And then they saw Jesus as Lord and King. Right. Mm. Like that's a three year process. Wow. Uh, yeah. Walking it out with 12 guys. Um, and, and they saw different facets of Jesus. And so obviously we don't have Jesus on earth today, but I think that sometimes we want Jesus to play that role of being all those facets. 
I think sometimes Jesus looks at us and he's like, I need you to be the friend. Wow. Mm. I need you to be the one that I'm working through That's and good. working in. Wow. I need you to be, you know, the one that is dying to sin mm. and dying to things yeah. um, and overcoming stuff right. so that people can see that. And then they will see me as Lord. Right. Mm. I think <laughs> that concept, because we're concept as we've been brought up and understood is evangelism is in that moment, you know, and we never... The, to play the long game, as we can call it, is never in the books or because it's like, I saw that person. I'm never going to see that person again. So I'm going to preach on the whole gospel. I'm not really care, not really take interest. And if something happens, hallelujah, nothing happens, move on to the next person. Mm. But as Pablo's putting in this new evangelism, it's not necessarily, hey, you preached the gospel one time. Hey, it didn't happen. At least when the, we always say, at least the seed is there. You know, yeah. somebody else is going to come and they'll say it and then they'll plant another seed or, they'll, or, or, um, or they'll come to Christ. But the idea is, being able to be that relational person is not going to really just happen in that five minutes that you got to talk to that person and being intentional about building and getting to know and using this emotional intelligence and using this communication to be able to not necessarily only evangelize, mm-hmm. but kind of go through it with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And being a, and being wanting and willing to go through that is something that we must check in our hearts as well. Yeah. And I think, I think a word that has been absolutely watered down, I think in our generation culture is, is process. Um, you know, we definitely do need to walk that process. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we think evangelism and we think of immediate change. Like right. the mm-hmm. second they hear of the gospel, it'll, it's just like a 360. There's been cases of For that. Sure. I definitely have heard testimonies of, of it happening that way. But I think, you know, there is also that process and that relation, that relationship that we have to kind of walk through. Um, And and that's a and that's an amazing concept to to think about. It's beautiful. You know, community is beautiful. Process and relationship is beautiful. And and as as Pablo was saying, um, you know, Jesus had that three year relationship and process with 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 dudes that were ended up by his side and then some. Not so much. And, you know, yeah. it goes from there. And I think Billy Graham might have understood this, Pablo, because I remember seeing an interview. Remember we saw a documentary? Mm-hmm. And in the end of his life, he said, I pray that at least 5% of the people who came up to those crusades mm-hmm. actually gave their life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so my question is that whole um, hellfire brimstone message or those five minutes. And I, I obviously we're not judges here, but mm-hmm. because of the way that it may be ineffective, can it cause like false conversions? Yeah, I mean, when you tell somebody that, you know, hell is real, heaven is real, and if they don't make a decision for Jesus, yeah, they're going to go to hell. If, if, if someone told me that today, yeah. I, I would at the very least expect that they walked it out with me. Mm. They're telling mm. me, imagine going to a doctor and a doctor telling you, hey, you have a, 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 a disease that's not curable. And you're not going to make it. And then he gets up and says, have a great day and leaves. Like, that's horrible. Like that is, um, it was never what Jesus taught. It was never um, even what the apostles uh, taught. Um, In fact, like even the apostles, like they would go on these missionary trips. um, And then they would even come back to the churches and they would mm. give a report to the churches because yeah. there was so much relationship, right? That's Even cool. in Acts, they would meet, they would go from home to home. 
Um, a lot of things, it, it was all birthed in community and through community because they were trying to walk that out. They were trying wow. to like see what that looked like. They were trying to, uh, it, it's really for me, when you talk about someone's salvation, that's the biggest thing that you could ever talk about. Like if I come to you and tell you, you don't have Jesus, you're not going to make it, friend. Like I better be an actual friend and I better walk you and I better give you solutions and I better mm. better show you yeah. with my life mm. um, or else I'm just giving you the bad news yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not giving you the gospel. The For gospel sure. is good news. Sure. Um, and, I, and I think that, you know, if, if the whole point was for people to hear uh, brimstone and fire, I think Jesus would have never picked man to do this wow. uh, partnership with. Hmm. And I think Jesus modeled relationship yeah. and he modeled uh, what that looked like. And he put that on us too, to do. Yeah. Um, as you were saying that too, I was thinking of also those who um, can have accepted the Lord, right? And, mm-hmm. and through evangelism and or or just being raised in, in Christianity um, and, and in relationship. And then find themselves um, kind of drift off, do, you know, just due to different circumstances, whatever it may be. Is there a need? I, I don't even know if this is a term, but for like re-evangelism, yeah. you know, and, and, and how would that approach be? Salvation is an everyday decision for me. Salvation, mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning and I choose that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Mm-hmm. Like that is a decision I make every single day. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Like, it's, it's an everyday decision, you know? Um, it's like you wake up, I mean, you're married. Um, mm-hmm. Every day you choose to be a husband and a dad, yeah. right? Um, and, and, um, and I think that whether someone's fallen back or just stop going to church or stop following Jesus, I think, I think the understanding for everyone is that the gospel is good news wherever you find yourself. Like if you're right, you know, wherever you're, you're at, our, our, my job is to inter- like to walk alongside of you mm. and mm-hmm. say, man, what, what made you leave church? Like right. I'm, I'm, what, what made you make this decision? And I think that's for everyone, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it's a, a both and for all of us. Like I need people in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm a follower of Jesus and yeah. I'm a pastor. I read my word every day. Yeah. Like I life journal and, and I think I pr- live a pretty okay life. Um, but I need people. Right. Mm-hmm. I need people to call out things in my life. Yeah. I need people to call me out when I'm stale in my walk. I need people to call me out and say, hey, these are some things that God yeah. is not the Lord of your life in yet. Wow. And and I think that we all have places in our lives where maybe Jesus is not Lord of our lives yet. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where we come alongside people to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal that through relationship. So in this new, in this new um 21st century evangelism, as we called it in the beginning. Um, is it safe to say that evangelism and discipleship are incorporated together? Because if we're talking about this long haul, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's that act of discipling while evangelizing. If, if I'm if I'm understanding it correctly, mm-hmm. investing our time, and I feel like it becomes more organic that way. Instead of trying, okay, now that I've evangelized you, now let me take you over here and let me disciple you. Instead of doing those two together, being intentional in both. You know what I mean? You, you can never preach the gospel without, like, at least I think, like, if I go to, um, I don't know, if I, if I go to Africa or if I go to Central America, right? I go to Nicaragua or something. 
and I preach the gospel um, without a plan of discipleship, then I think that I failed in hearing God. I think I've just done it either for me to get a pat on the back Hmm. or I've done it for me to feel good about myself or I've done it maybe out of good intentions, but not fully understanding uh, God's plan for humans um, and for humanity, which is not just that people would come to the knowing of Christ, but would be for people to grow in Christ and, and, and disciple others in Christ and say, follow me as I follow Christ. Hmm. Um, And I think that, that I wouldn't even call it a new approach to the 21st century. Right. I would just call it a a less indoctrinated approach and a more biblical approach. Right. Um, and 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 not that doctrine is all bad. It's not. But I think if we're not careful, our fallback is oftentimes on things we that can become easy. Right. Like hmm. if you have to drive to the store to buy a toy. Um, you're, you have to plan the drive. You start thinking, man, there's no parking. Mm. Oh my gosh, they might not have the toy in stock. I'll just order it on Amazon and someone's going to deliver it. And if I order $35 worth of Amazon, they'll deliver it today. Mm-hmm. And so I think our proclivity in a consumer-ran world, the right. consumerist society, is consumerism. And, and, and it's to have things quick. And I think we run the risk. Um, and, and doctrine can sometimes make things a very like, linear like this is the system of discipleship this is the system of evangelism Mm -hmm. and it's not all bad Mm -hmm. but it's not all translatable into the society that we live especially with a consumerist society that has so many gaps and that gap is usually the lack of relationship so what would we say because i already know there can be some listeners where we're like okay i get all of that right but how do we do all of that without um with still being biblical and not compromising truth because you know for them to not compromise truth is to say how to say all these things mm-hmm. but there's a way to not compromise truth is with to hold to not compromise what you believe but still be gentle still be respectful yeah. still be loving still be graceful in all of that and so what do you think are some ways in which um uh, you can further maybe explain what i'm trying to say um not compromising truth while evangelizing but also knowing that it's not being hateful or being mean at the same time. Yeah. And I think the compromise is more on us than the other, than the other person. And I think that Jesus didn't even see it as, well, how much is too much before I compromise in this? You know, Mm -hmm. I think he saw it in, if I have to give my life for people to know me and for people to know God, then so be it. Wow. And I think we live in a society, especially as Christians where that terminology, it, it, everything it is about how far is too far. Right. And it's never about me laying my life and hmm. possibly um, being hurt because of that, possibly yeah. compromising. Like, you know, maybe maybe I, I, I did something that that, man, now I'm suffering because of it. Maybe, you know, we don't really think that way. Mm. Uh, we don't really take an approach of laying my life down right. uh, for somebody. We often take the approach of how much, like we weigh the cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Jesus was very adamant about that. Mm. Um, there's a time where people are like, I want to follow you, yeah. uh, but I got to do this. Yeah. And Jesus is like, hey, I love you, man. Yeah. What you're doing is not bad, but it's not for you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, um, and I think that, that that mentality, there needs to be a shift in our mentality with that. Like, 
I, I might be in relationship with people that I would love for them to meet Jesus. They might let me down. Yeah. Mm. They might. And I'm okay with that. I might let them down and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the issue with that is that it's, it's, you know, on a Sunday, right. You, you see, everyone's like, you see the beauty in everyone, right? Everyone's right. worshiping God on yeah. a Sunday for the mm. most part. Yeah. You see like the, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> but like when you walk a process with people, mm. the other end gets to see the Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday of that person's actual life. Right. Right. They don't see the Sunday. Mm-mm. We want everyone on the Sunday. But who are they going to see? What what Justin are they going to see on a Monday? Right. What Justin are they going to see when he's stressed out? What mm-hmm. Justin are they going to see when he's uh, uh, when he's put um, in compromising places? What yeah. Justin are they going to see when he's tempted? What Justin are going to see in stewardship, financially, right. emotionally, all facets of life? Relationship uh, brings that up. Mm-hmm. And so for Christians, it's often easier to not need relationship or want relationship because they don't want people to see the dark side. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a huge part of of the ev- evangelistical approach uh, of evangelism is just being a, a glass house in a sense where they can they can see you um, and and see your life and just see Jesus working through it, but without having to say it. Because I right. think once we start having to be a billboard and say it all the time. Um, there's a, there's another, uh, another hint to that. There's like pride mixed in there, you know? And as you were talking about, um, being careful of, of going to other countries, right. And not, and, and, and but if you, you're not having a plan, it, there's that, that's kind of a, a red flag there because then we have this sense of like savior mentality mm-hmm. that because I go to this certain place right. that now, you know, I'm, I'm these were, they were lost without me. And it was, wow. It wasn't, it wasn't really that it was just, you know, um, it's really the process and the relationship and being the, 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 the glass house that they can see Jesus working through and in, um, I think, I think that's big, big, a big point for me. So let me ask you guys a question. When you guys are hungry, what do you do? (laughs) Eat. Right. Why has evangelism become such a, uh, separate part of our lives? Mm. Hmm. Like, why has it become a thing that you have to be intentional about? Mm. Why has it become a thing that, oh, this is an evangelistic moment. Why can it be part of your life? (laughs) So ingrained ingrained in your life that this is just who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because you taught it like two different doctrines. Yes. Because we've been taught compartmentalizing. You know, we teach this. Like it's, uh, I remember uh, this is a different topic, but remember writing um, a whole thing on, uh, the compartmentalized church about how, mm. like, when you go to church, yeah. the adults gather in one place, the kids in another, the youth mm, in another. Right. And it's so compartmentalized. Right. Not that it's bad all the time, but it's compartmentalized. Yeah. And we live our lives like this. And I often hear people say, that's my spiritual life and that's my non-spiritual life. Wow. And, mm. um, wow. and, and and I think that Jesus at some point says, man, I need people who will be worship me in spirit and in truth. Like right. people yeah. who will be just one person and they're just going to have one flow. And so when That's you good. meet Pablo on a Monday, you're going to see the good news of the gospel. Wow. When you meet Pablo on a Tuesday, you're just going to see it. And yeah. it's, I don't even have to say it. They're right. just going to see some. And I think that that really is the ter- determining factor. I was working at Starbucks years back 
and I was making someone's drink and the girl and the girl was waiting for her drink. And I, I always did a thing where I asked everyone, how's your day? Yeah. I always had this whole thing. <laughs> and and I remember saying, telling a, a, a young lady, like, how's your day? And she's like, it's great. And yours, I'm like, it's good. You know, just I got school afterwards. And they're like, well, what do you do? Like for school? I'm like, well, I'm going to like seminary. And they were like, oh, okay, well, what do you want to be? I'm like a pastor. And she took a step back, literally like took a step back. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and her response was, well, I have my reservations about pastors and religion. Wow. Hmm. And I looked at her and I said, well, if in the next five minutes or if my drink does not demand an explanation of who I believe in, then I will never in my life explain to you why I believe what I believe. Hmm. And like... And she just looked at me. She's like, no one's ever said this this way. And, mm. you know, we started having conversations every time she would come. Wow, and and awesome. I and I think and and I think that that's really the gear we all need to start walking in to where like wherever you work at, whatever you do, that it would actually be unto the glory of God. Right. And that Amen. you would be the best version of yourself or that you would not be shy away from like the worst versions of yourself thinking you need to hide that because people are not going to want to, you know, I don't hide all my bad moments. I look at people and say, man, I'm a crummy human being. I'm trying to figure it out just as you are. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people come and you're like, Oh, you're a pastor. You have it all together. I'm like, I'm so like, (laughs) I'm so rotten in my soul. Like God is working in my life. Um, and, and if there's any testament is, is that if Jesus can do it in me, wow. for sure he can do it in anyone else. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's life. Like that's, that's you know, um, you think of your kids or you think of your niece, like yeah. they see the best and the worst of you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they still love you and they're wow. walking it out with you, right? And, and I think that that should just be who we are. And I think, yeah. I love that because, you know, even when we were talking about the new way to do evangelism, it's like, okay, we got to be respectful. We got to be kind. We got to be loving. We got to be graceful. But the reality is that's not only in evangelism, you know, mm-hmm. it's not only when you're there talking to that person and telling them the good news, but that your lifestyle be that. And that yeah. this, this, like he's saying, everything become organic, that it, evangelism is a part of me because by the way that I live, I, I, I testify of who my God is or who lives in me or who is my Lord or who governs me or whatever it is. And so um, changing that mindset of, okay, this is a doctrine that I've learned. This is how I do evangelism. So let me put my evangelism hat off and let me take out my Sunday church or let me take off, or I have an opportunity. So like, let me shift gears real quick and let me go and share. But that's just our lifestyle. And and one of the things I want to harp on is that thing of we're always concentrated on, okay, I can't compromise truth. I can't compromise truth. I can't compromise truth. But we're never seeing the other aspect is, are you compromising how much you're giving of yourself? Mm-hmm. And and that's, that's huge true. because um, you, you're you so focused on not compromising truth, which is good. I'm not saying you should compromise truth, but at the same time, don't compromise how much you give of yourself yeah. because that's part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where you need to find the ebbs and flows. But I do think that um, one of the things I am well aware is that God's truth will never fail me. Yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not even worried about that. I'm yeah. not even worried about compromising truth. Wow. I, I let God deal with that. Yeah. I've walked into moments where like, I've walked into like places where I'm I'm like, man, like I, they know I'm a pastor. Like mm. they know, I, I walk in there. I know that I'm about to get, you know, yeah. uh, things are going to happen. 
And not for a second do I ever think, well, I can't compromise. I, I say, Lord, you are, you go before me. Wow. Your truth will never be compromised. You do your thing. I'm just going to be me. You yeah. speak on behalf of me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think, uh, you remember when Moses is like, Lord, you want me to go before Pharaoh, <laughs> you know, like, and then and what do I do? Like yeah. their staffs, they turn into snakes. And, yeah. <laughs> and God is like, well, you set your staff. And he's like, oh, but Lord, like, like I have, I, I can't speak that way, you know? It's like, well, then I'll, I'll put someone yeah. next to you to speak on your, and like, it's this big debate of like how unprepared Moses felt like he was and how mm, wow. prepared God was already to use somebody. And I mm. think for me, it's like, God's truth, man, he's been prepping for this moment. I'm just going to be me. And if I come out looking, if I come out disrespected, if I come out, like I expect some things at times Mm -hmm. because we're all humans, right? But if I come out and at the end of the day, they look at me and said, man, your truth is garbage. That's God's problem. That's not my problem. (laughs) You know, God will fight on my behalf. Yeah. And and I've, I've, and, and, and that's never really happened. Yeah. Remember when Paul went to preach to the philosophers right. and he preached a very different message. And at the end of the day, these philosophers, I mean, these people were f- philosophers and they had all sorts of truths. And he, they look at him and say, man, it said some of them started following God. And then s- most of them said, yeah, we respect that truth. Wow. Mm. Dude, what a win for philosophy. <laughs> and, and, and I, I look at it the same way. Like wherever I go, whatever I do, the truth of the gospel, that's Jesus. Yeah. And he's going to take care of that. Yeah. I'm just going to be me. Right. And, and, and whatever happens, then, you know, I would hope that I can walk people through things and maybe some people would follow yeah, as a consequence. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think just just simply this conversation is is so healing for me because, and and, and, and hopefully for, for everyone listening too, or for those that are listening in, in I feel the same way um, because, you know, a lot of times it was this awkwardness that I would feel of like, you know, I want to be me. That's just naturally who I am. I'm, I'm me with people. I, I like to be personable. I like to have relationship. But at the same time, growing up in the church, like I was basically born in church, right? I'm from zero to, to 28. There I go saying my age again. But um, for, from all that span of time, I've been in church like that was just my right. culture that was my surrounding so my fear was that my vocabulary was super christianese and was super like i'm just gonna say stuff and I, like maybe unintentionally and it'll probably go over people's head and, and i don't want to sound like i'm just like bible thumping their head and boom but i do want to share this love i have for this amazing god that i have and 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 that is a is 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 available to them but like I don't want to sound like I'm I'm speaking a different language and like I'm snobby. That that was always my thing. That was always the the worry I had. It's just the snobbiness of of like coming off as like, look, this is what I know. You don't know this, and I feel sorry for you, but I'm gonna yeah. share it to you. Like that was always my fear. And I think this is so healing because it's like really the the point is is to be relational, to be and willing. Like like Pablo has a, was was a great thing that he said. I'm gonna reiterate is is Jesus was willing to the point to give his entire life, mm-hmm. right? And, and and that's what my view should be, is right. like I should be ready to the point to give my entire being for, for, for this person. Right. 
you know and i i i, I absolutely for. right crazy, i absolutely huh? appreciate that that uh, aspect of this and yeah and i tell people like if if swag is your thing be swag yeah exactly. unto the glory of the lord <laughs> to the glory of god if if, if yeah like if if instagram social media and all those platforms are your thing like that's something you love do it unto the glory of god like right. do it knowing that you know someone might be impacted by that and someone might you know uh uh look at that if if you know for me i I like martial arts right like i've been training for three years that's what i do and i'm just me in there like Mm -hmm. training with these guys um some of them just this year found that i was a pastor and now i'm hearing some of them say oh man i'm gonna go check out your church like Mm -hmm. but like that's not my goal like my goal is not to go in there and be like here comes the light, you know, my goal is to be me, right? My goal is to be me and just to, to, to just be who I am. Right. Right. And, and things that I've always by nature done is for me, it's like, I've always been like, uh, you know, I'm the type of person that if someone's like, if I see something, I want to like hook them up with something. And so some of the guys that are younger, like I'll hook them up with the gi, like I'll buy extra gi just ready for somebody else. And that's just who I am. No one has to like, there's no intention. I'm not putting a track on there. Jesus loves you. I'm not. I'm not telling somebody. Sewing so like, it into their gear. Yeah, like I'm not doing that. But they all know, um, as they come to know me, like I don't want to be known as a Christian. I want to be known as Pablo, who man, there was something different about him. Mm. And like, and, and, and you know, uh, about a year and a half ago, I got a text, a random text. Actually, a a, a, a a Facebook message from a coworker from 2006, um, and she we'd been following each other since 2006. I started I stopped working there like 2007, and she texted me and said, "Hey, can you send me the address of that church that you said like that you know you go to now?" And I said, "Well, I don't go there anymore." I, she'd been following me. I, I was part of a church plant years right. back. And she, she'd been following me and she saw that I was going to go plant a church like in 2011. And that's kind of like the last time I talked to her, 2011. Wow. And she texts me a year and a half ago. What's that church? I'm like, oh, it's in Chatsworth. I'm no longer there though. Yeah. Um, I'm, in, I'm in Orange County. And she went there. She got baptized. She got married on location, gave wow. her life to Jesus. Hmm. Like, and the only roadmap she had was I remember Pablo from 2006 to 2007 when we worked together. Mm, that's and in 2011, you know, she followed me on social media. She would see me. And then 20, I think 19, she messaged me, I need Jesus. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That that kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, that kind of goes into the waters of protecting our testimony, right? When we're out and about. You know, not not I'm going to only show the good of me, but knowing that when you're out and about, you know, there are eyes seeking and eyes wanting relationship. And 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 and, and they it's not like like Peter says, I'm, I'm not walking in like I am the light, you right. know, but mm-hmm. it's rather I walk and they see the light. Yeah. But it's also like protecting that testimony because we don't we we, we don't know truly truly to the full extent of the the eyes and it's not to be like paranoid it's not to walk around like who's watching me mm-hmm. and uh, you know they're all up in my business but it's to know that that is the the 
effect. That is the effect we have as believers. That is the, the, the effect of Jesus living within us. And, and it comes out as we walk, as we talk. And, you know, I, I just wanted to mention that real, real briefly, that that, that that is also an important aspect of protecting testimony, not being paranoid, not being like, oh, I'm only going to, you know, be like perfect around people. That's not that. That's not the idea either. Yeah. And the, and the cool thing about that comment is and then the pressure doesn't become what strategies and what pipelines and systems do I need for evangelism? Hmm. What I need to ask. Like I'm a pastor and what I need to ask our staff and what I need to ask of our church is that we would search ourselves um, in our lives to say, say what kind of good news are we sharing? And and I say it all the time. I said, listen, like if you're trying to preach gospel, but like you're always the one like yelling at your neighbors for (laughs) leaving their trashes out an extra day, like you might never be a light or a good news to them. Hmm, If you are the best and most faithful Christian, but you're the crummiest coworker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will never, hmm. you will yeah. never like be a good news to anybody. And the reality is this, and this, this might for some of you might not be too um, popular theologically yeah. for some people, you might be the closest thing to Jesus they get to. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a very, like when you commit yourself to reaching people for Jesus and to being a light in a dark place and to being used by Jesus, you got to know that you might be the closest thing that they can actually like hug and embrace and, and mm. high five and, and the closest thing to Jesus. Mm. And, 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 and that's scary to me yeah. to know that the next, if someone asks me for advice, that the next 10 minutes of advice I'm going to give them might be the closest thing to scripture they'll ever read. Right. <laughs> and I, I think that's so important what right. you guys are talking about because a lot of the times we read the Bible as a as a guide to um, put ammo in our gun or in our evangelism hmm. gun. Right. I mean, we never allow that that same word to transform us to hmm. come to, to be conformed to that word to to let it do that work that we're reading to get loaded to go evangelize with to produce that change in our hearts. And the Bible says that it's a mirror right. to be able to look at and see. Oh man, there's a lot I still got to work on here, yeah. and not take it as okay. I'm reading the Bible. Uh, so that I'm ready so that when we go out on Sunday after church, I'm ready and I feel way better and more confident to go share. But rather, I'm reading this not necessarily because I'm thinking evangelism is a part of me. And I'm mm-hmm. and then because it's a part of me, as I'm being transformed and conformed to the word of God, so will that part when I'm ready to evangelize and my lifestyle of evangelism becomes a part of me. Yeah. And that directly reminded me of, of something our pastor said at uh, Kingdom Center uh, yesterday um, was before we before we we go off and conquer land and country and and yeah. and places for for the name of the kingdom of God. Yeah. The first place that's got to be conquered is our hearts. Yeah. The first place the work has to happen yeah. is within us. Definitely. You know, and if we're trying to go rah rah rah, and you know, like you said, loading the clip with ammo yeah, of, exactly. of scripture. You know, and 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 just to just to have something ready if somebody wants to talk and argue Jesus, you know, you have scripture loaded, ready to go, but it hasn't impacted you first, it hasn't made that difference in you, then you know, you're fighting your own, you're fighting your own <laughs> war out there. Yeah, and 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 I think that's so true. And I and I think part of evangelism, if anyone listening gets anything, is just share your life where you're at with what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And 
And I think in Bible, in scripture, men and women who did mighty things for God, men and women that are written in the Bible, they did the best that they could with what they had. Mm. And they didn't do anything extravagant other than become obedient with God in the season that God had them in. There's going to be seasons where, you know, maybe, maybe you're not going to have so many people around you, but you have that one person that you're just you with them. And, and, and then you lead them to Christ, uh, uh, through, through the life and relationship. There might be scenarios where you get to preach to thousands and, and there might be scenarios where you, you don't and but you go and do, and this is why it's so important to just have evangelism so ingrained in you naturally yeah. as like a, a second, like this is an instinct of, of me being who I am. Because I think in, in the different seasons you find yourselves in life, you'll never live without that. Mm. Like it's like coffee, right? <laughs> where I, it doesn't matter where I'm yeah, at. Like yeah. I've been to that. Central America. I've been to, you know, crazy states. Coffee is never lacked. You know, I always find a way to get coffee. And it's like a, I think the same is with evangelism and evangelism. And I think if we can get ourselves to that place yes, where yes. like, where do you have me right now, God? Um, and it could be coworkers. Yeah. It could be uh, classmates. It can be whatever it is. And, and we can talk all day about, you know, you know, things that I like to do. Um, but I, I think, I think, you know, you had asked the question about how do we, you know, get that kind of relationship with people. I think the first thing we have to be mindful of is we need permission from people. Mm-hmm. Permission. I think, I think so many times we, we, you know, it's different to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, right? right. That's very different than um, you need permission to speak into someone's life, <laughs> right? I, I think if I go with an attitude of not ashamed, I go, you need Jesus no matter what. <laughs> Like, fine, I got it out of my system, yeah. but they will never look at me hmm. as someone that they would give permission wow. uh, hmm. to do to 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 speak into their lives. Always getting permission. Like permission is so essential. I I even when I even when I do little things like marriage counseling for people who are not Christian, I, I always tell them, I said, Hey, my source of truth is the Bible. Do I have permission to use that? Right. When I and if they say no then we'll do a very whole different thing than yeah. if they say, yeah. And more often than not, they, they even say, thank you for asking. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they'll sure. say, yes, full permission. Yeah. Um, and I think permission is so important with people. If you don't have permission with someone, you'll never have relationship with that person either. Mm-hmm. Like think of your friends, they have permission yeah. it, to speak into your life. Yeah. Think about people that you maybe don't get along with the most, they don't have permission. They, <laughs> you know, right. right. So being true. like, Oh, yeah. I hope they say something, you know, mm-hmm. like it's a very different approach. Um, and so permission is so um, important. And then I think just knowing where you're at yeah. and knowing who's around and being aware of that. And sometimes it might be God telling you, Hey, you need to risk it. Yeah. You need to yeah, go into really. something. You need to go into a place where there is no light and you need to be a light and whatever that looks like, or you need to go to a place and make friends and you, and I'm that type of way. Like I, I, I have to try, I try things like I'll go to certain places like yeah. r- coffee shops, gyms, things just to see if I find friends, like yeah. just to, to, to see if, if, you know, I find, because, because I think in the general context, me as a human, I'm always looking for 
for for new relationships. I'm mm-hmm. always looking to like find a good friend. And I think that's the general consensus. Yeah. Three in five people are now getting married um, online through website mm-hmm. because people oh. are have less relationships than ever. Hmm. Crazy. And so there is a huge necessity and need uh, for and longing for relationship. The problem is that at times Christians have imposed their gospel. They haven't imposed their friendships with others. Hmm. And I would rather be a friend hmm. and and rather walk it out with somebody and then get to a place where. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah, guys. That's uh, a good note to end on. <laughs> I we honestly hope that um this was encouraging to mm-hmm. everybody who heard this. That um if greater understanding of evangelism yeah. or or the way um really Christ has exhorted us to live um was made more clear, then um praise God. We promise to have Pastor Paolo and all his wisdom back on. Yep. I mean, hey, it's an so honor. <laughs> it's an honor. I I love it. It's an honor. And I'll say one last thing. Don't be afraid of things getting messy. Mm-hmm. And 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 so it was an honor. Thank you guys yeah, for inviting me. Thank you, Pastor Paul. That yeah. was awesome. And as always, love y'all. See you. See you guys. Bye.